Thank you for listening to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. The iCritical Care Podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members. Your host is the Society's Associate Editor for Podcasts, Dr. Richard Savell. Dr. Savell is the Associate Director of the Surgical Intensive Care Unit at Maimonides Medical Center in Brooklyn, New York. He also is an Assistant Professor of Medicine at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care Podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email info at sccm.org. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. Today's Monday, September 24th, 2007. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Savell. On our podcast today, we have an opportunity again to speak with the current president of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, Frederick P. Ognebeni, MD, FCCM. Dr. Ognebeni is director of the Office of Clinical Research Training and Medical Education at the National Institutes of Health Clinical Center and the director of clinical research training programs. He was also an attending in the medical intensive care unit at the NIH Clinical Center. This is, in fact, his second visit to the podcast, and today we will get to hear from him in terms of how his year has been going so far and perhaps an opportunity for him to get a little closer uh, in a more intimate way with some of the members of the Society of Critical Care Medicine in this format. Thank you so much, Dr. Ogdenbeni, for joining us today. Uh, You're welcome, Rich. It's a pleasure to be with you again. I thought we'd begin by letting you talk about your perspective on how your first few months have gone, uh, what has gone well, and uh, what would you like to highlight as some of the high points of your uh, your particular time? Sure. Um, I guess the first point is to really just talk about how fast time flies because we are speaking in September, and it's well into the second half of my tenure as president, which will end at the meeting in Honolulu uh, in early February, so it's uh, it really has been a very busy and a very productive time. Um, I think as I have thought about the year so far and about what's in the future, I, I think that there are some milestones I would like to highlight um, in terms of things that have occurred during my tenure to date. I think one of the important things is to really talk a little bit about how, as a society, one of our keystones has been um, our educational products and our educational portfolio, and we have continued during this uh, year to really reinforce some of our current products and actually have begun thinking about and developing new tools that will help our members from a standpoint of contemporary issues in critical care. I guess first and foremost is that one thing that has been in development for some time but will be actually a product will be completed very shortly and will be available very shortly, is the fourth edition of our Fundamentals of Critical Care Support uh, textbook. Uh, For those that do know and those that don't, I'll just reiterate a few highlights. This is a program that the Society has had since 1994, which was the year of its inception. And very importantly, this is a program that not only is focused on our national members, but it really is an international program. And to date, it's been offered in nearly 250 sites uh, annually in in over 30 countries. And currently, the text materials are available in five different languages. So I think 
it's a program that's very well-founded. We're very eager to have our fourth edition of this textbook, and it actually has been a product that has been moved forward by uh, two key pe- people, Barbara McLean, who is an RN, uh, FCCM member, part of our council, and Janice Zimmerman, who's a physician member, and both have had a long history with FCCS, which is the acronym for this program, and have been involved um, and instrumental in the development of the fourth edition of the textbook. So that I think that's one important highlight. And just to just to reemphasize, maybe we have new listeners or fellow, but the FCCS, from what I understand it, focuses in, I guess, two major areas. One is to teach non-intensivists and or non-physicians some of the basics of handling the critically ill or injured patient and also is the is the uh, role for the international situation similar or is that to take maybe international physicians and try and help them organize a, a critical care environment well, I think in terms of the former it's, it's certainly the goal is to really change uh, have people understand at the front line how to address some issues until more expert members of the multi-professional team of critical care experts can actually uh, get involved with the care of the patient. So it is a matter of principles and concepts. And those same principles and concepts hold true, I mean, literally around the globe. So we're we're basically uh, making the product available in a number of languages and in a number of venues, but the same principles are the hold true no matter what, namely to have the non-intensivist, non-critical care team member know how to handle and take care of a critically ill patient uh, prior to the time of the full team getting involved with the care of that patient. And from what I understand, uh, the interest in this course has gone up significantly over the years. Is that correct? Yes. It's it's a very active part of our educational portfolio. Um, The interest has grown, as I mentioned, you know, literally globally, such that we do have um, our materials available in many languages. One of the things that's very important is that the content, um, because it is being taught around the country, around the world, is truly an international endeavor. And uh, I guess as a sidelight is one of the um, efforts of the foundation that we have, the Critical Care Education Research Foundation, is that money can be targeted for offering this course in areas that might not have the means to do so. And from a historical standpoint, this has been offered in Eritrea. It's going to be offered in um, Eastern Europe. And it really is a testimony to not only the content, but the fact that our members are committed to getting the materials in an FCCS course available to as many uh, care providers as possible. And the point with the updated textbook, obviously, is providing the most current approach to uh, to this. Correct. It, you know, it's been updated in <clears throat> most of the areas of content. You know, clearly some things are very basic principles, but certainly all new materials that are based on both um, guidelines, uh, new pharmacotherapies, uh, new interventions are all uh, pointed out in this textbook. Great. If you'd like to move on to some of your other uh, highlights. Sure. In terms of other new educational programs, there was an informal and then a a more formal uh, interest in the society developing some content related to ultrasonography in terms of both uh, echocardiography and looking at other organs that could be assessed using these techniques uh, of ultrasonography. With that being said, we did, as a society, a formal needs assessment and documented that there was indeed an interest. And we're currently working on a content for a two-day course to be offered prior to our next Critical Care Academy, which will be in Chicago in August of 2008. 
the content is still being developed. We have two co-chairs, Daniel Talmore and Alexander Levitov, who are experts in this area, and the plan is to have this fully developed so that it will be part of our academy in next August. The goal is to have this offered to approximately 80 registrants. Uh, the number is on the small side just because it will involve some hands-on practical experiences. And as the content gets further developed and more information is available, that will be posted on both our website and in print materials. But I think it is something for our members and others to be aware that we are now tackling this very important issue as far as a, uh, a new technology and to make sure that it, that we help our members um, understand in a in a very contemporary way how to use ultrasonography to their advantage for patient care and diagnostic use in the intensive care unit. And this is an important area because it certainly overlaps with areas like cardiology, where as intensivists we not we may not have received formal training and fellowship, but as we're getting out in our uh, in our practices, it may be techniques that we want to pick up to help our patients. Correct. And again, I think this is. You know, clearly a lot depends on the individual's interest in learning more and also what an institution can support in terms of that individual's needs. I mean, clearly um, we are not in the market of developing people that we entirely independent of radiologists and others, but at least do some of the very important uh, acute assessments that can be done in an intensive care unit with these new technologies. I think that's the goal of this program. Another area that is uh, developing, and it really is based on on really two things. One is certainly a long-term interest from the society's perspective in issues related to nutrition, but also based on a very outstanding um, conference that we held jointly uh, this past summer with uh, ASPEN and the European Society of Intensive Care Medicine that dealt with nutrition. There was a huge attendance at that meeting. There were uh, nearly 300 uh, registrants, and the, the content was very well received. And based on the success of that meeting and in some discussions with some of the leadership from ASPEN, we have decided to uh, move forward with another two-day event prior to our Critical Care Academy in Chicago. Um, again, the content is being developed, but again, the thought is that would be an opportunity for critical care providers from the entire team to learn more about nutrition. Um, and the um, material will be reflective of uh, both uh, nutritional therapies, nutritional interventions, and other assessments to make sure that our patients uh, who are critically ill are indeed um, appropriately assessed and then fed uh, according to their nutritional and caloric needs. So. As content for that particular course gets further developed, it too will be available on our website and in print materials. But just to put it on everyone's calendar, the plan is to have that prior to the um, review course at our Critical Care Academy in Chicago in August of 2008. Yep, I have that uh, CD as the only CD sitting on my computer right now uh, to go listen to that. And I would imagine that would lend itself towards either a pamphlet or a small little book as well. Yeah, our goal is to have some kind of an enduring material developed based on that course. Um, the details are still being worked out, and a lot of it depends on partnerships that we are working on, both in terms of other societies and potentially some corporate support. So the details are still not fully honed, but that clearly is something that we consider uh, a priority, not only to have the event, but then to have some enduring materials for everyone. So I guess moving on, I wanted to talk a little bit about 
partnerships, which I think is a good segue because that last course really was based on a really good partnership we've had with um, the American Society of Parenteral and Enteral Nutrition. But the society has actually had a long-standing history of working collaboratively with uh, critical care and other societies, uh, both domestically and internationally. And if I could highlight a few of those, because that really has been something that we have continued during my tenure as president. <clears throat> we clearly have had a long-standing uh, relationship with uh, three other critical care organizations, namely the um, American Thoracic Society, the American Association of Critical Care Nurses, and the American College of Chest Physicians. And we worked for a number of years on a variety of issues. Most recently, we, we've been very involved collectively on workforce uh, issues as it relates to uh, staffing in the intensive care unit. Uh, there have been issues related to the entire team as far as how to maintain uh, an integral group of experts. And we have had a couple of publications that have uh, come out of that uh, partnership, and they're still ongoing in discussion. But um, I think I just wanted to highlight that we do have a very good relationship. We meet regularly um, at all of our national events. We have a lot of electronic and other communications in the interim. And uh, in addition to issues related to sort of uh, acute events like the workforce uh, partnership we've developed, we also try from an educational standpoint to have shared content at our meetings. Um, in our Honolulu meeting, I have put together a program of the four societies working together, really looking at topically education and critical care, which has been another uh, one of my uh, milestones this year, but looking at it particularly in the context of how contemporary techniques are available to really enhance and share new information in the area of education. And I've asked the leaders of the other three societies to join me um, in this session, and we'll all be presenting topics um, that have been assigned focusing on you know, really new educational techniques to really help us do our job as educators in critical care medicine. And are there any, um, and again, I, where you and I were talking about this before, but just to shed a little bit more light on any of the recent uh, relationships amongst the different societies, are there talks of, of, of merging in any way or nothing like that, I would imagine, but it's just um, interesting. That has not come up as a topic. You know, certainly I think we have, you know, as as entities, very strong um, you know, organizational histories and very strong membership bases. Um, and honestly, you know, I think despite our areas of overlap, we also have areas of, um, you know, very independent um, thinking and programs as well. So what I think we are clearly doing, and what it's not only a matter of thinking, but in action, we are looking at the collective strengths we bring to the table in areas such as uh, workforce planning, uh, educational endeavors, uh, conflict of interest, et cetera, and capitalizing on those while still realizing that as entities we all have you know, very active independent programs as well. So I think it's really it's the best of both worlds. We're all strong organizationally, but we also know how to benefit and capitalize on the, the collective entities when need be. And, and, and the entities may have some shared goals, but the particular vision of the organizations is slightly different in terms of ours being focus primarily on critical care, whereas these others may have uh, critical care as one of their goals, but there may be other other educational issues and, and things like that? That is correct. Um, <clears throat> so another uh, 
relationship that we have been really very proud of, and that's our relationship with our um, international partners. And we've got a very long-standing partnership with the European Society of Intensive Care Medicine. Um, we have worked together in a variety of areas, primarily in program content. Um, at, again, at each of our meetings, we have joint sessions together where we uh, help to select the content and the speakers. Uh, we also are part of a consortium with the European Society of Intensive Care Medicine and other societies doing our annual um, international consensus conference. Uh, the way that works, because it is done as part of a consortium on a rotating basis, each organization um, takes the lead in helping to develop program content. The most recent international consensus conference was held in Montreal uh, earlier this year, and the lead organization was the American Thoracic Society, and the topic was acute renal failure. The Society of Critical Care Medicine is taking the lead on the 2009 conference, and we have developed a topic, which will be on therapeutic hypothermia, um, and the event will be held in uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. But as far as the specific content under that general heading, that's still being developed by um, the co-chairs and uh, their partners in the other societies. And our society co-chairs are Cliff Deutschman and uh, Tony Spevitz, who are both intensivists. Uh, Cliff is an anesthesiologist and Tony is an internist, and they are taking the lead from the society's perspective to develop the content for that event. So, again, stay tuned for more details as that emerges um, and once the content is fi uh, finalized. The other... Um, important partnership we've had with the European Society is um, really one that addresses the issue of uh, competency in intensive care medicine and the uh, uh, European entities in general have, I, I, being fairly honest, been a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of developing uh, both content and process related to competency, and they've got a fairly vigorous program that's been around now for a few months called Competency-Based Training in Intensive Care Medicine in Europe, or uh, the acronym is COBATRICE. And um, the North Americans have had a representative to at least be part of the process to help us learn, and the representative actually is a former society president, uh, Tim Buckman. And uh, what SECM has decided to do, because we have been aware of the COBATRICE initiative in Europe, is to host a meeting, in, which is planned for early November, um, and it will be held in the Chicago metropolitan area, where we have invited um, some of the European leaders in that initiative to come and really it's a matter of information sharing to um, other critical care societies in the United States, namely ACCP and ATS, um, some of the accrediting bodies from the Accreditation Council for Graduate Medical Education, some of the, the boards, for example, American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Surgery, to get a sense about what has happened to date in Europe and to hopefully either reinforce some of the initiatives that are being undertaken by comparable bodies in this country. Um, so. Hopefully, we will be on uh, determine that we are on the right track. But more importantly, if there are things that we have not yet thought of, um, the goal by hearing from 
the entity that actually has this a little bit more formally developed to get a sense about what our next steps may be. Um, you know, we have offered to be the host, um, and we are planning for a very robust meeting. It's a one-day event, and the goal really, as I indicated, is for information sharing um, and to hopefully think about next steps as we take this further. Well, we're sort of heading towards the end of the interview, and I had a couple uh, comments to help help you end it. As sure. you know, you you've been involved with both the SCCM as well as critical care for quite some time now, and you've had uh, a rare opportunity to see many changes in both the field as well as our society, and now have had an opportunity to lead our society for a year or so. And I was wondering what your sort of final thoughts are about potentially the future of of all of this, and perhaps a final comment about to fellows or people who are newly joining up as to why they should join and, and, and all of that? Sure. Well, I mean, I think it's uh, having seen things at many different levels from, you know, my early days as a trainee to a clinician and researcher and now more to an administrator, is that I'm, you know, a firm believer, um, which has only been even more reinforced this year, that, um, you know, as a professional specialty, critical care is very gratifying. It is based uh, on you know, many tenants that involve uh, contemporary care issues, the whole concept of a team approach. I think it's really one of the, the rare hospital entities where there really is a multi-professional team of dedicated experts that take care of these very critical patients because, uh, you know, very importantly, our goal is to improve the outcome for all of our patients in those beds. And um, I'm very convinced that the society is taking a lead from an educational standpoint, from looking at partnerships, to really enhance what we do uh, clinically for the patient in that intensive care unit bed. It's a very gratifying profession. It is certainly a profession that um, is staying up-to-date and timely. There are very good data that are developed. We are staying up-to-date in terms of guidelines and practice parameters. So I would say to those that are entering the field, um, you know, Certainly up front, realize it's demanding in the sense of both knowledge and um, the time involved at the patient's bedside, but it is certainly very gratifying when you and your team can see successes based on um, all the contemporary care that we do for our critically ill patients. And, I, and I, just to conclude, I think one of the things that, that you've taught me being involved with both SCCM and the field is this concept of collaboration that is not true in necessarily every single part of being a physician. There's a collaborative approach that is really, I find, one of the most exciting parts of the field. Correct. And, and I would echo that. It really is something that we don't do independently. Is the team concept is very important. And, you know, physicians, nurses, respiratory therapists, pharmacists, social workers, you name it, are all part of the team. And they all add an important component to the multi-professional care of that patient. We've been speaking today with the current president of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, Dr. Frederick P. Ognebeni, MD, FCCM, and he's been sharing with us some of his perspectives on the field of critical care medicine and the Society of Critical Care Medicine. Thank you so much, Fred, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you. This concludes our podcast for Monday, September 24th, 2007. Look for future podcasts featuring a wide variety of information important to critical care practitioners, including interviews with authors and discussions with prominent members of the critical care community. For the iCritical Care podcast, I'm Dr. Richard Savell. Join your colleagues February 2nd through the 6th, 2008 in Honolulu, Hawaii, USA for SCCM's 37th Critical Care Congress.
Bring the entire family for this special Congress, which will combine learning with ample leisure and tour opportunities, making the 2008 Congress one you will not soon forget. You won't want to miss such highlights as the modified schedule, pre-Congress courses, Hopper Pass, casual dress code, the post-Congress event on Kauai, and more. The Society's 2008 Congress is not just a meeting, it's an experience. For details or to register, visit www.sccm.org.